Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. How come you guys are here on a holiday? <laughs> Shouldn't you be at the cabin or something or at the lake or something like that? Hey, this is Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. You know, I played with him for two years in Washington, and um, you know, being a first-round pick, obviously, you know, I think even he'd tell you that he he hasn't lived up to the expectations that were placed on him. But I still think he's a very talented player, and um, I remember one of the things he could do is he could jump out of the gym. Good as season as Matt Ryan had statistically last year. He was also hit a lot and he was sacked 42 times. That was something that uh, was uh, at the top of the list amongst uh, the grocery list. Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast with your hosts, Mike Wabshaw and Chris Corso. All right, everyone, it's here. The regular season has arrived. Week one of the NFL calendar is here. The Vikings getting set to play the Atlanta Falcons, and this is episode seven of the Minnesota Vikings podcast, or episode 007, Shaken Not Stirred, (laughs) as producer Jay Nelson has put it. As always, Chris Corso joins me to get ready for week one and the Atlanta Falcons, a jam-packed show to kick things off right here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Remember, the Minnesota Vikings podcast comes to you one time per week throughout the regular season, so make sure you subscribe and find us in all the places you find your favorite podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, Vikings.com, the Vikings app will be coming to you one time a week for the rest of the regular season. On today's episode, we're going to break down the Atlanta Falcons, and to do that, we're going to have two guests. Later on in the show, we're going to have Matthew Tabik from the Atlanta Falcons. He hosts their podcast. We're going to get him and uh, on the show and ask him a bunch of questions. But we're also going to have our starting quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He's on the show today. That's coming up in a few minutes. We'll also get to some fan voicemails uh, and some other things, including a, a top five list. We're going to come at you with a top five list every single week. And so we'll unveil the first one later on in today's show. But first, some news and notes. And to help me get through that, I'm going to bring in Chris Corso right now. What's up, Chrissy? I'm going to intro this show with something that Kirk said yesterday. Yeah. And it was Gary Kubiak told him in a meeting, those 10 days between preseason and the week one game, those are a long, long, long 10 That's right. days. Because yep. you don't play in that fourth preseason game. Um, so it's been a long couple couple of uh, a week and a half, to say, for Kirk Cousins. But um, when you hear his interview later on, I think you're going to be excited because he's ready to go. All right. Um, so let's recap uh, the Vikings roster cut slash the guys who made the 53-man roster. Um, and I think you know everyone has already digested what the first 53-man roster was and what happened and Corey Vedvik and Kyle Sloter and all of that. So we're going to move on beyond that. And I know that you always hear us talk about, whether it's, it's Pete Bursich or PA during the broadcast or me during the podcast or Pick 6 or wherever, you hear a lot 
hey, I know it's the 53-man roster cuts today, but it's not the final 53. The final 53 is going to happen. Then. And you might that might go in one year and out the other, but, I mean, what happened with the Vikings over the weekend is a really good example of that. I mean, look at what the Vikings did at punter. Uh, Matt Weil made the initial 53-man roster, but the next day uh, the Vikings saw that Britton Colquitt was waived by the Browns, and so Weil is out, and now we have a new punter. Britton Colquitt, uh, who is an NFL veteran, has won a Super Bowl, in fact, joined the Denver Broncos as an undrafted free agent in 2009 and was with the Broncos until or through the 2015 season, he helped uh, the Broncos beat the Carolina Panthers in Super Bowl 50. He's also been with the Dolphins for a cup of coffee early in his career, and then he was most recently with the Browns from 16 to 18. So Britton Colquitt, now on our team, we have a new punter. He's also a holder. Uh, the Vikings also signed Josh Doxson, so they kept four receivers on the 53-man roster. We all thought that might have been one or two light. Turns out it was. The Vikings went out and got Josh Doxson, who's um, had a, a career with the Redskins that probably fell short of what a lot of people expected as a first-round pick, but we'll see if the Vikings can um, can press the right buttons with Josh Doxson. He is reunited, obviously, with Kirk Cousins. And another uh, smaller example of the ups and downs of life in the NFL as a bottom-of-the-roster guy, uh, Davion Davis was cut from the team not signed to the practice squad on September 1st with everyone else, then on September 2nd, signed to the practice squad. So I think uh, what happened with the Vikings here over the last three or four days sort of illustrates it is true. Um, Building an NFL roster never ends, and those guys who don't make the cut or make the initial 53-man cut, Chris, um, that does not mean that um, their anxiety is over. It continues for the next couple of days. One thing I want to touch on Doxon, or a few things to touch on Doxon, was he was drafted with the pick right before the Vikings when the team took Laquan Treadwell in yeah. the first round a couple of years ago. Um, and Josh Doxon was a guy who was... Uh, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman were big fans of Josh Doxson coming out of TCU that year. Um, they actually went to the TCU Pro Day just to work him out in person. Um, there's a viral clip of uh, Coach Zimmer getting uh, shook up by Doxson at the line of scrimmage there at that Pro Day. So um, we know that the front office here was was a big fan of Josh Doxson coming out, mm-hmm. and it's good to have him and reunite him with Kirk Cousins, who yeah. he worked with for two years there, as you said. Yeah, Um in terms of players the Vikings cut and are now on other rosters, I did a really quick scan and came up with three. So, Chris, you fill in the blanks if I've missed any other names. But Brandon Zilstra to the Carolina Panthers, Corey Vedvik to the New York Jets, Kyle Sloter to the Arizona Cardinals, and I think Laquan Treadwell was visiting the Bills. He was, yes. Um, Correct. So I don't, I don't know if, if that went well or if he's going to sign there or what, what's going to happen. Um, but those are uh, uh, former Vikings and what they're doing across the league. Now, lots of hype and fanfare with Sloter. Um, I was about to say, we, we know we had him on the podcast last week. Yeah. He told an amazing story for, for the fact that he is where he is in his NFL career. That's amazing as it is. But these coaches watch these guys practice every day. They know the X's and O's of what goes on in the quarterback's head. Um, what they're able to call at the line of scrimmage, what they're able to see from the defensive side of the ball. And clearly, Sean Mannion was the guy more suited for the backup job. Yeah, and I don't think that was ever in question for the Vikings. I think that was the plan probably the whole way, although they were open to competition, but I don't think it was ever really close. And 
I wish Kyle Sloter nothing but the best. He's an awesome guy. He works really hard. He's I'm got a, a lot of talent. Of his now. Yeah, he's got a lot of talent. And look, I mean, the Vikings waived him and no one claimed him. I mean, 31 other teams could have had him. No one took him. He, you know? he was so, not claimed initially off waivers, became a free agent, and that's when the Arizona right. Cardinals grabbed so, him on the practice squad. I just, I, I don't want to rip Kyle Slower because I like him and I think he's got a lot of talent, but people are ripping the Vikings for not keeping him. I just want to be like, like the other 31 teams didn't take him either. You know, so um, hopefully Kyle can um, can pick up on something in Arizona. He's obviously got a um, a really talented offensive minded coach and Cliff King, uh, Kingsbury. He can learn from there um, in Arizona, and he's behind Kyler Murray. And I think they did keep Brett Hundley, so it's a pretty good quarterback room. Uh, and, and hopefully that's a good environment for Kyle Slaughter. We wish him nothing but the best. The Vikings will carry on with two quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, obviously the starter, and the backup being Sean Mannion. Jake Browning added to the practice squad, so Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski and Clint Kubiak will have a developmental guy on the practice squad in Jake Browning. Speaking of quarterbacks and speaking of Kirk Cousins, he was kind enough to join yours truly and Chris Corso in the radio studio earlier this week, took a break from his Atlanta Falcons prep, and he joins us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Here is our conversation with Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. All right, Kirk, it's week one, man. Here we are. You ready to go? I am ready to go. I'm excited. It's about time. Yeah, it's. Um, I think when you invest in and embrace the off-season program, the mini camps, training camp, the preseason, it's just a really slow burn. You it know? is. And, and now we're getting paid because now, yeah. now the games start for real. But think about all the time and work that you guys have put in. I think you started April 14th. But yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, but middle April. of April. I mean, when you look at it, it's nine weeks of an off-season program, and you have about six weeks of preseason. So that's 15 weeks of prep time with the coaches, not counting February workouts mm-hmm. on your own, March workouts on your own, July workouts on your own. I mean, I remember driving to work out with my trainer in Atlanta in late February, Yeah, all for now, all for this moment. And also, uh, it's only a 16-game regular season, so to have 15 weeks yeah. of prep time with your coaches – for a 16-week season, if you will, I mean, you've put in just as much work to get ready as you will actually playing. So it's yeah. it's go time now. Yeah. I think, you know, folks in the NFL in this business, whether you're on the, the content side like we are, the football side like you are, routine is king. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Like mm-hmm. everyone sort of really relies on that routine. And week one – I just feel like it's not quite the routine. No, it isn't. Because you have actually a few extra days to get ready. And so Monday doesn't really feel like a Monday, and Tuesday doesn't. So we're not quite into that routine. Is that how you feel, too? Yeah, as Gary Kubiak said a couple days ago at practice, he said uh, it's a long 10 days from the last preseason game until the first regular season game. And so you have to pace yourself. Uh, You try to find your rhythm. Um, Coach Zimmer, you know, has had us have some bonus practices, obviously, mm-hmm. but also given us some time off as well to really more mentally catch a break than than even physically. And um, you know, I think we're going to start here later this week and start to get into that rhythm. It's a very different rhythm. Even practice is very different from a training camp practice. We have you know scout teams and cards, and it's it's yeah. just got a different feel to it. And so. Uh, you jump into that in-season rhythm now, and uh, and here we go for the next 17 yeah. weeks. When you look at an Atlanta Falcons defense, which is run by Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. what is what is that like? We all know because we see Zim's defense every day, so we're yep. familiar with that. What's you know, give us the 
you know, sort of the identity of yep. a Dan Quinn defense. So Dan actually comes from Seattle. Yeah. So there's a lot of principles that carry over from what Seattle has done now for almost a decade. Uh, several other teams in the NFL are now are now using this defense as well, and we've played a couple in previous years, and we'll play a couple later in this year. But it's going to be a heavy amount of single safety. They're not predicated on a lot of confusion or pressure. They're really trying to just line up and, and make sure that they're not busting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of spot drop zone players who are going to get to their zone and then eyes on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, when they see the ball out, they go find the ball. Um, and because they play a, a repetitive defense and they know uh, where they're going to be, they can play fast. And they're okay. rarely going to get confused. You're rarely going to trick them. And, um, and as long as they're stopping the run, they can make it really difficult for teams. And uh, as a quarterback, you have to be patient. You have to take what they give you because they are very good at preventing explosive plays. And uh, if that's the case on Sunday, then I need to be patient. I need to take the open guy underneath, settle for a five- or six-yard gain, mm-hmm. and trust that we can sustain a long drive. Yes. I have a hard-hitting question for Kirk. Okay. What's up with the beard? Are we growing it out, or what are we doing? Uh, it's day-to-day right now, I like week it. to week. Uh, I've gotten a lot of positive uh, comments from people in general, locker room and beyond, and so that's been good. Whose uh, idea was it? It started in the cafeteria, middle of training camp. Uh, Adam and Garrett, I don't even know what triggered him to say it. I set my food down, sat down. They looked at me and said, we both were commenting, we think you look pretty good with a beard. And at the time, I didn't have one. It gives you character. Yeah, and I said, well, I used to grow one out, you know, and I actually sent him a picture, showed him a picture of a couple of years before when I had one. And so I, I said, I'll grow one out. And they said, okay, uh, you know, and, and so I think the original agreement was that they would too, but as time has passed, I don't yeah. know if they really have. Can yeah. it be well, like a Fitzpatrick type deal? Or it's well, I saw thing? Josh Klein earlier today, and he's got a thicker beard. Yeah. And I said, Josh, I think I'm going to grow mine until I can reach Josh Klein status. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have it be a little thicker. And if it does, then we'll we'll make a decision at that point. But I've never grown it really past where it is right now. So now, well, what about growing it out back here? Well, yeah, bullet, yeah. Jared Allen. Oh, oh boy, I don't now, know if I can pull that off. The look is good. Like folks like the look of when you grow f- facial hair. Folks, a lot of folks like the look of it. <laughs> now, but the folks at home that you got to snuggle up with and give kisses to, mom and kids. Sometimes yeah. they don't like that. Yeah, my wife is okay with it. Okay, she, so good. she wasn't a few my years ago. My girlfriend hates it. So, <laughs> and I get nothing. A few years ago, she didn't like it. And that's why I didn't have one. And then she actually commented as well that looking back at old photos, I think I can I can deal. So uh, here we are. I got it back, and she's not complaining. Okay. So. Now Chris Chris <laughs> got me off track because I was all into the lots I'm of single eye safety. Had to, like, I'm now we're like, talking facial hair. So I had to loosen them up a little right, bit. So now back back to the Falcons. <laughs> I I remember because we've played the Seahawks a bunch of times, like in the last five, six, seven, eight years, just yes. for whatever the reason. Um, you know, and I just I see I see Earl Thomas in the middle of the field, and I mm-hmm. see Cam Chancellor on the second level. That mm-hmm. like that's what I see. Yeah, and, and and is that what you're talking about with? Yeah, with you're going to get Ricardo yeah. Allen in the middle of the field, Keanu Neal in the box. I think that the teams who have uh, adopted this scheme have actually tried to draft towards it. Yeah, copying you know what what that scheme was in Seattle and yeah. the players they had, and um, you know Trufant's one of their is their top corner and is one of the top corners in the league. And he's meant to be a uh, Richard Sherman, if you will, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah, there are a lot of similarities and, um, every team's going to have their own wrinkles. You know, Bob Sutton's now in there as a defensive coach who's going to help add some wrinkles, but, uh, um, you know, it's a popular scheme around the it, league. It's a really um, cool test for you guys because all offseason you guys have been talking or Zim's been talking about the running game. Right? We, we want to run the ball better. And then, um, 
sort of the fruits of, of the labor we kind of saw because yeah. you guys were great running the ball in the preseason. In fact, we led the NFL in yards per Did we really? game I didn't even rushing know that. in the preseason. Oh, I'll take that. Now, we didn't lead in total rushing yards because the Falcons played five preseason games. Yeah, well, so that's they, a different story. Right, but per game, we led I the like NFL. That. So anyway, it's a, it's a cool test because they're yeah. going to come in committed to stopping it. You guys sure. are coming in hot as a rushing sure. offense, so it's going to be a fun test. Yeah, at the NFL level, I've never walked into a game like you do in the you know in Pop Warner and you know you can just pound it and run it yeah. over and over and over. I mean, you do need to convert third downs, dropping back. You do need to have some wrinkles, play actions, different pieces. You know, you, you got to have variety, but let's be honest, the teams that can run the football and assert their will, uh, it makes a big difference, not only week one, but all mm-hmm. season long. Yeah. Who who um who do you really enjoy talking ball with on on our team or coaching staff? Is there anyone that you just have a great dialogue with all the time? It could be a defender too. I mean, anyone in the building? Yeah, well, I do love going across the ball. I think Barr, Kendricks, and Harrison Smith are three that have played in this game a long time, have played football a long time, mm-hmm. know this league, have stories to tell, and I played against them twice, yeah. and so I love to also pick their brains about those games. But I think they're fun to talk to and see how they see the game and how they see my player, our offense. I think Linval Joseph is another name I'd throw in there, Everson yeah. Griffin. Just guys who have played a long time, and I say, hey, what are you noticing on the other side of the ball that I'm doing, any tells, anything I'm giving away, or what scheme-wise is is challenging for you to have to, to, to defend? Yeah. Uh, Josh Doxson, what should we know about him? Well, you know, I played with him for two years in Washington, and, um, you know, being a first-round pick, obviously, you know, I think even he'd tell you that he he hasn't, lived up to the expectations that were placed on him, but I still think he's a very talented player. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one of the things he could do was he could jump out of the gym. Okay. And so that's a trait that, you know, hopefully we can put to use one way or another. There were a couple of plays, I remember one against New Orleans, one against the Raiders, where I literally, he's covered, but I just throw it to him saying, yeah. go get it. Yeah. And he did. He jumps up and he grabs it. And, uh, um, you know, we have obviously Diggs and Thielen at the receiver position, so we're not asking him to be a world beater or a hero yeah. by any means or carry this passing game, but to be a guy who can, you know, spell them, be a wrinkle, um, I think there is some value that he can bring there. And I think an interesting thing that's hard to put a, a, a value on is that he and I have time on task together. Yeah. And right now, time is not a valuable, and time is not something we have a lot of. You know, right. we have to get going. And so to know, hey, I've got two years of routes on air, two years of one-on-ones, two years of games with this guy. I can rely on that and lean mm-hmm. on that even if he's only been here for yep. a day. Yeah. Did you get a chance to watch Michigan State? I did. I tuned okay, in. Good. I watched the entire game, and I thought the defense looked good. I think our <laughs> offense has some room to grow. But, hey, that was what, are we, what is week one all about? Uh, that's right. I'm yeah. teasing his show here. We actually talked to the head coach, Kirk's head coach, for yeah. under center with Kirk Cousins, okay. which yeah. was awesome to see you guys connect. And yeah, my Michigan State head coach, Mark D'Antonio, and the basketball coach. Got Tom Izzo on our show, yeah. so watch out fun. from his lake house. Yeah, and, <laughs> like Michigan State basketball or football is on TV a lot. Okay, so folks know those two coaches sure. when they see them, you know, so sure. they'll be interested in hearing that. How was the um, the first go around with Mark Rosen? Oh, it was outstanding. Good. Mark is just a class act. I'm so glad that I get the chance to do this show with him. And um, I think we're gonna have yeah. a lot of fun together. And let's make it a great year on the field. Yes. And I think we're gonna have a great show off the field each hey, week as well. The shows are gonna be a lot better if you win a bunch of games. <laughs> well said. Uh, right? I know way, that very yeah. well. Way easier to put together. That's yeah. A lot of things will be a lot yeah. better if we win a right. lot of games, right, guys? Yeah, I think we all agree on that. I agree. All right, man. Um, we're gonna release you now so you can keep getting yeah. ready for the Falcons because that's pretty important. Yeah, awesome. I'm not asking you to come in here yeah. for the rest of the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Kirk. Thanks, Appreciate it, man. See ya. 
All right, our thanks again to Kirk Cousins for taking a few minutes to join us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Remember, um, he's got his own podcast along with Mark Rosen, so you heard the details from Kirk on that. And we'll um, later on in the show, uh, before we close it up, we'll go over some programming notes for everyone so you can find out when and where to check out some great Vikings content, including Under Center uh, with Kirk Cousins. Okay, for now, though, let's break down these Atlanta Falcons. We're going to do this two ways. Um, Chris and I are going to go over a few things. Uh, from a non-Falcons expert perspective, but then we're going to bring in a Falcons expert, Matthew Tabik from the Atlanta Falcons. He hosts their podcast called Falcons Audible. So he's coming up in a few minutes. He'll straighten us out. For now, though, a bunch of rubes are going to go over what we think of the Atlanta Falcons. All right, so when I think about the Atlanta Falcons, uh, their their head coach is Dan Quinn, defensive-minded head coach. He's been in the NFL since 2001 where he went with to a bunch of different teams and was an assistant. And where he really got on the map was when he was with the Seattle Seahawks in 2013 and 14, where he was Pete Carroll's defensive coordinator. Now, when you're Pete Carroll's defensive coordinator, that's like being Mike Zimmer's defensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer runs the show for the defense here. So George Edwards is Zimmer's right-hand man. Dan Quinn was Pete Carroll's right-hand man. And those two won a Super Bowl together in, in Seattle. They beat Denver and Gary Kubiak and Peyton Manning. Um, uh, pretty handily at MetLife Stadium. So that's where Dan Quinn got on the map, and he parlayed that experience into um, applying to be the Atlanta Falcons head coach. Atlanta gave him that job in 2015. And what did Dan Quinn do? Well, in his second year, he helped guide the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Patriots, but in Dan Quinn's second season, he got the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl. That was after the 2016 season. So defensive-minded head coach, really solid defense. They're fast. They play a lot like Seattle's defense. Uh, They have a fast, athletic, tough front four. They have athletic linebackers, and they play a lot of single high safety. They, They cram the box, sometimes with eight guys, and it's really hard to run on a Dan Quinn, Pete Carroll defense. They try and take that away, and they try and muddy the picture on the second level, um, so it's really hard to um, to make crossing routes work. It's really hard to get the intermediate passing game going. Uh, so that's sort of what I think about when I think about the Atlanta Falcons offensively. Obviously, they have Julio Jones, uh, but that's not the only good receiver they have. They also have a really good tight end named Austin Hooper. If you remember early in the season last year, we struggled with tight ends, so we're going to have to keep our eye on Austin Hooper as well as Julio Jones. And then just when you got those two guys figured out, Calvin Ridley. You also have Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu. So a really good, sophisticated passing attack that is triggered by quarterback Matt Ryan, um, who is um, an MVP candidate in a lot of seasons and uh, is obviously a really good player. He's not going to run around and make a bunch of plays on you, but he's going to stand tall in the pocket and deliver throws in the face of pressure. I think a key um, for us to watch in this game as you're breaking down matchups is going to be the right side of the Falcons' offensive line. I don't know who's going to line up and play and start on the right side of their offensive line. They signed a free agent um, offensive tackle. They signed two free agent offensive guards, and they used a draft first round draft pick. Two first round picks on linemen. Chris okay. Chris Lind- Lindstrom. Chris Lindstrom was at, an interior guy. Yep, out of Boston College. He was 16 a guy, overall. Yep, as, yep. we looked at him as well. And who was the other one? Caleb McGarry. Caleb McGarry, yes. 31st overall. He's yes. a tackle. So we're going to ask our guy, Matthew Tabik, about those uh, about those cats to see what the Falcons got going on the offensive line because that's going to be an important spot for them as they come to U.S. Bank Stadium and play the best defensive line in the NFL. Who is Daniil Hunter going to be looking at 
on a snap-to-snap basis. Who is Linval Joseph going to be looking at if he's lined up um, over a guard? We know if he's lined up over a center, it's going to be Alex Mack. But if he's lined up over a guard, who's he going to be looking at? Um, we think we, we think we know Everson Griffin's going to be matched up against Jake Matthews, which is a dynamite matchup. Jake Matthews is a, a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle, so that that's a cool matchup. Uh, but um, that that's sort of what I think about when I think of the Atlanta Falcons and a team that you can sleep on this year because last year they sort of faded and and the reason I think they did is because they had a lot of injuries to their defense. A lot of star players on defense were lost to injury and I think I think that took some of the bite out of that defense. So I am not sleeping on these Falcons. This is a tougher week 1 matchup for the Vikings than last year's game was against the Niners. Absolutely. You know, and that was not a walk in the park. I and mean, we ended up winning that game and we got after Garoppolo pretty well. Uh, but this is going to be a tougher matchup. And so uh, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really good game. It's probably one of the better uh, matchups in week one in the NFL, really, when you look at it. Even though neither team made the playoffs last year, it's a really good matchup. So that's what we think about the Atlanta Falcons. Anything you want to fill in the blanks? Yeah, I would just touch on the defense. It's anchored by Grady Jarrett in yeah, the he's middle. Good. He's, he's on the big, franchise tag. He's yep. a big guy right in the middle there. He's, I'd say, a younger version of Linval Joseph, so keep an eye on him. Takaris McKinley was a good pass rusher that they drafted out of UCLA a few years ago. He is a good player as well. Um, there's a lot of players on this defense that you look and you say, wow, I didn't realize they had Deion Jones at linebacker out of LSU. I didn't realize Keanu Neal um, was on uh, in that uh, defensive backfield as well. So there are a lot of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. You always think offense with the Atlanta Falcons, but keep an eye on the defense and what Kirk Cousins does. Um, when he takes on the Atlanta Falcons. All right, that's the Vikings' perspective on the Falcons. Let's get a Falcons' perspective on the Falcons, and we'll bring in Falcons' digital managing editor, Matthew Tabeek. You can find him on Twitter, at Matthew Tabeek, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, Tabeek is T-A-B-E-E-K. Welcome in, Matthew. Hey, good morning, guys. Glad to uh, be on your show. Yeah, we're uh, we're glad you joined us because um, we play you guys week one. We're curious um, on your team. There are some changes that you've gone through, as every NFL team has. And um, obviously, this is the time of year where optimism reigns supreme for most NFL teams. Would you guys say optimism is reigning supreme in Atlanta for the Falcons? Optimism is high. There was a lot to do, a lot of boxes to check off this offseason. As you guys know, Dan Quinn made substantial changes along his coaching staff. So there was that, uh, getting everybody on the same page. And then there was the, uh, you know, they obviously addressed the offensive line Mm -hmm. and uh, um, invested a lot. Uh, They, you know, they signed first day of free agency, James Carpenter and Jamon Brown. And then in the draft, they drafted two first-rounders, two first-rounders, uh, Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry, a guard and a tackle. So there was a lot to do there. Uh, as, as good a season as Matt Ryan had statistically last year, he was also hit a lot and he was sacked 42 times. And uh, that was something that uh, was uh, at the top of the list amongst <laughs> Uh, yeah. a grocery list full of, of things to do. So, yes. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because what you just said – uh, Matt Ryan, your quarterback, had a good statistical season, but he was hit and sacked too many times. Sounds familiar. That sounds pretty <laughs> familiar, man. That's what we said about Kirk Cousins last year. 40 times for Kirk Cousins. Obviously, he threw for over 30 touchdowns. He had the highest uh, yeah. completion percentage of his career um, here with the Vikings last year, but that goes unnoticed when you're sacked 40 times and we go 500 in the season. 
It sure does. And and then when you don't uh, achieve what you want to achieve at the end of the year, everybody's, you know, kind of looking at things a little sideways. Yeah. Uh, I think Chris Lindstrom was a guy that uh, maybe a lot of Vikings fans pr- probably, you know, studied because there was just a sense here in Minnesota that it was if, if an offensive lineman was the pick for us at 18, yeah. it was going to be an interior guy. And I kind of think the two best in the draft were Lindstrom and Bradbury. So we're really happy with Garrett Bradbury. Are you guys happy with Lindstrom so far? Uh, thrilled. I mean, he from day one, he, you know, again, you're, you're watching them in mini camp, and you can only tell so much. But he's such a smart guy. And then once they put the pads on, uh, he looked like the real deal. And then once they trotted him out there in the preseason games, uh, you know, with every rookie, you're going to have your your moments, those learning moments. But uh, no, he's he's the real deal. Looks the part, and uh, they're thrilled with him. Uh, you know, only but positive things to say about him. And uh, yeah, he was a great pick and a much needed pick. And uh, yeah, only only but positive things uh, when when it comes to Chris Lindstrom for I, sure. Yeah, I'm very excited for um, the matchups that we're going to be able to watch Matt when we're at US Bank Stadium and you guys are on offense you know um yeah. ass- assuming everyone plays who I mentioned here Matthews Jake Matthews against Everson and whoever you line up at right tackle against Daniel I think that's going to be fun to watch It sure is cuz the Vikings you know a formidable defensive front and uh you know it's it's, it's going to be key for Atlanta to uh, you know, establish the line of scrimmage as best they can to get that run game going. They're really excited to have Devontae Freeman back. Um, you know, he's missed 16 games over the last two seasons, and he is what Dan Quinn calls a multiplier, meaning, you know, everybody just feeds off of him, his energy um, and, and what he brings to, you know, just every single play. And so they want to get Devontae Freeman going, and then, of course, uh, you know, if you can protect Matt and give Matt some time, uh, they really like their weapons out on uh, on the outside with Julio Jones, Muhammad Sanu, Calvin Ridley, and then the tight end Austin Hooper. Mm-hmm. My my biggest question is a few years. A lot of people forget it was just a few years ago that you guys were in that Super Bowl game. So you and and a lot of the offense is pretty similar um, to the offense as it was yeah. that year. We had we have the same sort of feeling here in Minnesota. Two thousand uh, just just a few years ago, we we lost to the Eagles in the NFC uh, title game there, um, just one game away from the yeah. Super Bowl. So, what is the feeling with a guy like Dan Quinn who is around for that and still thinks this team has the potential to get there? You know, I talked to Dan Quinn not long ago, and uh, I reminded him what he said following the season, which was, you know, when he did make the changes to his staff when he first got here, you know, he was. He didn't really know the team. You don't know the team inside and out quite like you do after, you know, two, three, four years. And so now he felt like following last year, the 79 finish, that he just needed certain kinds of coaches to get the best out of, you know, the, the, the players that he does, that, that, that they do have here and the players that they want to continue to build around. And so, and then the other part of it too was that he felt like he needed to, take over the defense that's you know his calling card that that's where he made his mark up in seattle the legion of boom and uh and so you know he's got his hands all over this team now and i think you know he knows this team so much more 
than when he was in his first and second year. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a big difference for this team. Obviously, the thing that derailed that team last year, and and no team or, or, you know, no players or coaches will say it, you know, as an excuse, but the injuries just decimated this team. I mean, when you lose two starters at one position, let alone two starters at two positions, it's pretty tough to overcome. And they had that plus then some so yeah yeah i mean dan quinn taking more control calling plays and you guys being healthy i mean it's an entirely different operation you know for the falcons defense and that's one thing that we talked about before you came on earlier on the podcast is you know you can't sleep on the falcons because um, look at all these names on defense those injuries yeah those injuries really really um i mean that that's a hard thing to get over and we certainly understand that from an offensive line perspective in in three or four seasons here uh, we've really had injuries um, to that group, and it really impacts performance. Another uh, parallel. Up front, yeah. Oh no, no, go, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, especially up front. You, you referenced that Super Bowl team. That team, uh, the offensive line started every single game, mm-hmm. and so that doesn't happen a lot. And so that that chemistry is so key too that is often overlooked too. So that's yep. a good point. Yeah, that just to reinforce your point. Yeah. Another parallel um, in terms of storylines, Matt, has been um, you guys. I believe you guys signed Matt Bryant, right? He's he's your kicker. Is that correct? He is back. Okay, he's back to, to be your back. kicker. So uh, we've all had some special teams consternation. I bet you feel a lot better having Matt Bryant in camp. What a solid, steady guy. Yeah, that was something that you know I don't think a lot of us saw coming, uh, just because of the way things. You know, worked out. Matt Bryant, you know, he's franchise's all-time leading scorer, beloved clutch kicker. Um, had some injuries he dealt with last year, just you know, with the leg, and so that's why Giorgio Tedeschi was here to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, no one thought that you know saw you know what would happen with Giorgio in the preseason. I think at four of nine. Um, and so with Matt back, you know, he's beloved with the fan base, and uh, he wants to be here. And so, yeah, it's there is, in, you know, during his workout, uh, you know, I guess he looks fabulous too. So, yeah, there's there is a, uh, a, a a sigh of relief, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, uh, because it just feels like no one needs to worry about that now, and that's such a a crucial part uh, to the team, and just you know having confidence in who you tried out there. So. Yeah, how many seasons have you been with the Falcons, Matt? I have been here since. Uh, 2017. So I came in right after that Super Bowl you referenced. I wow. was with CBS Sports. Um, yeah, I was. I was actually. I was actually at that game with CBS Sports as the lead NFL editor uh, in Houston. Um, you know, and just uh, had no idea that I was going to end up in Atlanta at that point. So, um, but yeah, uh, I've been here, and, and uh, it's it's been a been really fun being on the team side good good and um you're the digital managing editor you host falcons audible you're a columnist sort of a, a team insider what, what are some other things you work on with the falcons and their digital team uh yeah i think you nailed it i i you know oversee all the written uh content and edit stuff and uh you know help plan for that stuff I, you know we uh each year we've been uh we've we've got an amazing uh leadership uh group here who's got some great vision that was part of the reason why i left cbssports.com to come here because uh they want to be different and they want to uh be the source for all things falcon so we're doing more things like 
you know, writing columns and putting out our own power rankings and, and, and doing, you know, mailbag and doing stuff for the avids on top of everything else. And then, uh, you know, the whole digital team itself is growing. So as you guys know, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've heard, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about the, the amazing studio and, uh, that you guys have up there and, and just, uh, you know, I, we've been, you know, we pay attention to everybody, but you guys stick out for a lot of reasons. You guys are doing a lot of cool things up there that, uh, you know, catch catch a lot of people's attentions, including ours. Well, so appreciate uh, that. Yeah, sure. thanks, man. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, Wabi's so blushing we're, over uh, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're moving uh, in some cool directions, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun the last three years. Awesome. Are you traveling to Minnesota with the team this weekend? This this weekend I'm not, and okay. uh, we're going to be doing something different. We're we're doing a. Um, you know, I have gone to all the games, but we're going to do a post-game podcast immediately following the game back here at Flowery Branch, me and Will McFadden. So, cool. Um, you know, just to make sure that we're all buttoned up with all our content, because as you guys know, when you travel, you got to get on that that bus and get on, go catch a plane, and sometimes, you know, you know, you can lose uh, some 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 time there getting up some great content. So. Uh, I'm going to be back here making sure all the content's up, making sure my column's up, making sure that uh, we get this post-game podcast up. And uh, uh, as you guys know, for, from our perspective, you got to win Monday. So That's uh, right. We're, uh, we're, we want to win Monday, too. So. All right, man. Well, uh, really good information. We appreciate your time. Have a good rest of the week. Good luck Sunday and in 2019. And I'm sure we'll see you down the road. Okay, Matt? Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, and good luck to you guys as well. Have all right. Year. You bet. Thanks, Matt. Our thanks to Matt Tabeek for joining us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast to give us some info on the Atlanta Falcons. All right, want to tee up some voicemails for you guys for next week. Give us a phone call and leave us a voicemail. The number, 952-918-8438. 952-918-8438. The question for next week, what is your favorite game in Vikings history. Think back to all the games you've attended, all the games you've watched. What was your favorite game to take in in Vikings history? We want to get nostalgic from time to time on the Minnesota Vikings podcast this year because the NFL is celebrating its 100th anniversary. So no better year than this year to look back on Vikings history. Let us know your favorite game in Vikings history, whether you watched it on TV, listened to it on the radio, or we're lucky enough to attend the game, let us know what it is. 952-918-8438. All right, top five. We're going to do one of these every week. A top five list. This week it is top five matchups of the week in week one. Yours truly and Chris Corso and the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Really excited to kick off regular season football. Week one is here. We have a good one at U.S. Bank Stadium, of course, between the Vikings and the Falcons. But there are some other intriguing matchups on the docket for week one. We're going to rank them in the top five this week. We'll start with number five for me, Chris. And it's one from the NFC East. It's Giants at Cowboys, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Lots of intriguing storylines here. For all of you who play fantasy football, I would imagine... The top two players taken in a lot of fantasy football drafts are in this game. Yep, Saquon Barkley, who we actually touched on. I, mm-hmm. I took in our guillotine league. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know that Paul Charchian didn't like that pick, so I'll, I will be watching this game to see how that pans out. But 
Yeah, the Giants have a lot of changes on offense. Obviously, they drafted a backup quarterback in the first round, Daniel Jones. Um, So we'll see how Eli Manning performs in this game. And then, man, the Cowboys, they have a lot of question marks um, with a lot of these players that still remain unsigned on that offense um, to contract extensions, the main one being Ezekiel Elliott, um, who has not reported to the team facility yet. So that will be something to keep an eye on um, this week, and we'll see what happens with the, with some of those big names on the Cowboys and obviously a division game in the NFC East. Giants and Cowboys, 325 Central Time on Fox, is number five in this week's top five, and the list is intriguing games in week one. Number four for me, Colts at Chargers, 3.05 p.m. Central Time. The game is on CBS. Of course, you know Andrew Luck retired. Jacoby Brissett will be the starter. Signed to a new contract extension. The Colts also signed Brian Hoyer, whom the New England Patriots cut uh, as they they got down to 53 players. So lots of change at a very important position for the Indianapolis Colts as they go out to Los Angeles to play the Chargers uh, in a game between a pair of AFC playoff teams from a season ago. Phillip Rivers, of course, quarterbacking for the Chargers. No Melvin Gordon as of now for the Chargers. So Austin Eckler will be the starting running back there. Some injuries up front on the offensive line for the, uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. So I think no Melvin Gordon and some injuries up front sort of levels this matchup a little bit. Colts and Chargers should be a pretty fun game to watch. Number three. Back to the NFC, noon central time on Fox, Chris, Rams at Panthers. So the defending NFC champs hit the road in week one, go all the way out to the East Coast for a noon central time kickoff against the Carolina Panthers. Speaking of players who have big fantasy implications, Christian McCaffrey is another one who was taken super early in a lot of drafts. yeah, I mean, you got to plan on him to touch the ball a lot for that Carolina Panther, Panthers offense. Um, looking at the Rams, they lost a, a few key players. John Sullivan, former Viking, um, Mark Barron as well. Um, so that Rams team coming off of a disappointing Super Bowl performance against the New England Patriots. It's, I'm really excited to see the way that team um, attacks this next season. Um, and Todd Gurley is a guy who... Obviously was injured in that Super Bowl game. We'll see how it, how his health is going into week one and how they'll sort of adjust yeah. dealing with that injury. All right, number two on the top five most intriguing week one NFL matchups, Steelers at Patriots. Always fun. Sunday night football, 7.20 p.m. Central Time kickoff on NBC Sunday night football. The Steelers, no Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell. Will it be a problem? Some say Juju. no problem. Juju. They have Juju Smith-Schuster. They have Ben Roethlisberger. And um, they have an always underrated offensive line. The Steelers' offensive line is very good. We'll see how good that defense is, if Mike Tomlin has that group humming or not. James Conner, was he a flash in the pan? Or is he a legitimate thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And, of course, with the Patriots, you got Belichick. you got Brady. you got Edelman. No Gronk, though. So what does the offense look like without Rob Gronkowski? And uh, I think the New England Patriots defense is stacked. And you don't know a bunch of players on their defense, but I think it's really good this year. Uh, Might be one of Belichick's better defenses. We'll see. Time will tell. And they're going to have a good test in Week 1 as they face the Pittsburgh Steelers at Gillette Stadium. That's number two on the top five most intriguing games. What's number one? Number one. I I think it's pretty uh, easy to, to pick this game for all Vikings fans. It's the two teams in our division, the NFC North, 
playing a primetime game, Packers versus Bears. Yeah, you don't really have to advertise this one. It's uh, The NFL kicks off its 100th season with its oldest and perhaps best rivalry, Packers and Bears. This game is at Soldier Field. 7.20 p.m. Central Time kick on NBC on Thursday night. Packers at Bears, Khalil Mack, and that defense going against Aaron Rodgers, his new head coach, and that new look offense. So it should be a lot of fun. Don't have to advertise or hype this one up. We're all going to be watching it. And uh, I don't know. Who do you want to lose? I, to, I thought about this one a lot. It's tough. It's a home game for the Bears. I honestly think I want the Packers to win. I know. And the Bears lose that home game at Soldier Field. Yeah, I know. I think... I'm sorry, Vikings fans. I think that that's the best situation for the Vikings. Probability-wise, I think probably that's right. Um, Although, how awesome would it be to have a chance to go to Lambeau and put them on 0-2? Put them 0-2, exactly. That would be fun. I see either I mean we're happy either you like this cuz you win either way Vikings fans yeah. in this game. Obviously, it wouldn't be great to see Rodgers win that first game, but I don't know man, those Bears that defense scares me. Yeah. Um all right, so that's it. The uh the top 5 most intriguing games in week 1. Giants at Cowboys number 5, number 4 Colts at Chargers, number 3 Rams at Panthers, number 2 Steelers at Patriots and number one, Packers at the Bears. And of course, the Vikings and Falcons play in a pretty good week one matchup. That game is noon central time on Fox if you want to catch it on TV. Of course, you can catch the game on the Vikings radio network as well. We're a voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, former Vikings linebacker and coach Pete Bursich will be in the booth. And then, of course, uh, Greg Coleman and Ben Lieber on the sidelines. Falcons at Vikings, 12 o'clock p.m., Central Time from U.S. Bank Stadium. Lastly, before we go, some Vikings programming notes. Again, Under Center with Kirk Cousins airs Tuesday night on KFAN from 6 to 7 p.m., hosted by Mark Rosen and Kirk Cousins. You can also find Under Center on Vikings.com and YouTube if you want a video edit of the show. It's also available as a podcast, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Vikings app, Vikings.com, etc. The MVP podcast, what you're listening to right now, uploaded on Wednesdays, Vikings.com and YouTube for video guest edits of the show, available where you can find your favorite podcast. Skull Stories, Thursday nights. On KFAN from 6.30 to 7 p.m., yours truly and Mark Rosen host that show Thursday nights, 6.30 to 7, Skull Stories. Every week, we'll tell a story from Vikings history that is intriguing, or we'll talk to a player from Vikings history who played a prominent role with the team. This week, it's Randall McDaniel, who has retired, of course, from the NFL, but he's still working. How is and where is he working? We'll let you know, but you're going to love the story because it's right here locally in Minnesota. And then you have Vikings final prep on Fridays. That is Friday night on KFAN from 6.30 to 7 p.m. Yours truly hosts that show. We give you all the latest news and information, injury updates, opinions, game information, sights and sounds from the week that was at Winter Park on Vikings final preparation Friday nights, KFAN, 6.30 to 7 p.m. All right, that's going to do it for Episode 7 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. The next time we talk to you, we will know if the Vikings began the season with a win or a loss. Again, they play the Atlanta Falcons noon central time on Sunday from U.S. Bank Stadium. Until then, on behalf of our guest today, again, we thank Kirk Cousins 
for joining us. And on behalf of producers Jay Nelson and Chris Corso, this is Wabi signing off for now. Skull Vikings.